Good afternoon and welcome to the Brussels Chicago Riga Summit. Landmark Summit. Warmly welcome all of you at the NATO headquarters. Our 25th, 17th, first summit meeting of the 21st century. Hello and welcome to NATO Summit Behind the Scenes, the podcast where we explore the machinery that goes into a NATO summit. I'm your host, Bruce. And I'm your host, Mariana. And together, we're speaking to people from inside and outside of NATO about all the work they do surrounding a summit. In this episode, we'll talk to the winners of NATO's first policy hackathon. For some background information, in January, over 80 students from 10 universities across the alliance participated in a 10-day competition as part of the New Ideas for NATO 2030 online event. The teams focused on themes such as NATO's role in defending and reshaping a values-based international order, protecting populations in modern-day conflicts, reducing carbon emissions, and many more. That's really impressive, but I'm still wondering, what is a hackathon? Good question, Mariana. I'm sure our guests will be able to explain this to us. <laughs> Let me introduce them to you. Our guests today are Paulina Brun and Veronica Dutzer. They both study international relations at Freie Universität Berlin, and they are two of the 10 students from their university who won the NATO Policy Hackathon. Hi, Paulina. Hi, Veronica. Thank you so much for joining us today. Could you tell us a bit about yourselves? Hi, sure. Thank you. So happy to be here. I'm Paulina. Um, I'm 24 years old and I'm in the second semester of the International Relations Master. Hi. Hi. And I'm Veronica. I'm 26 and I just finished my master thesis Ooh. in international relations. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Must be exciting. Yeah. To start us off, tell us about the hackathon. Uh, did you hack computers? Did you hack into NATO? Is that why you won the hackathon? What, is, what was this whole event? So I guess um, the idea of a policy hackathon is a bit different to what a tech hack hackathon that a computer scientist would do. Um, basically, we had 10 days and a question uh, or a challenge that we could creatively address and kind of try to find solutions for NATO to engage with. And then um, following that, um, we had to pitch the idea to mm -hmm. NATO representatives and um, were voted on by um, a public audience. Okay, so does that mean that for those 10 days where you were working, were you pulling all-nighters every day? <laughs> to be honest, yes. <laughs> we actually did. It was a lot of work and a very, very intense time. Um, but this is also what, what make, made it so fascinating, basically, to really get the opportunity to deep dive into, into a problem um, that NATO had challenged us with. Mm. And the time pressure really helped. I mean, yeah. um, we came up with great ideas and could kind of delegate different responsibilities within the team. Um, so everyone worked at different times at different hours. And the end result was a great pitch. Yes, you had because you had a great team, you could pull the night shift sometimes and then work during the day at other times. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the challenge that you were given? Um, so the topic we were challenged with was um, innovating innovation, next steps and LA technology cooperation, um, which was basically aimed at new and disruptive technologies. Uh, so like to throw a few words maybe blockchain, automated driving, hypersonic weapons, um, all those new technologies um, that are in a changing landscape of defense politics, um, not 
any more um, coming out of the military sector like it was before mm -hmm. um, in the past, but is now um, increasingly coming from the private sector. Um, so the the solution that NATO um, expected us to deliver was how to access those new technologies and how to bring them to to good use in the military sector. Mm -hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, these technologies, they're touching kind of every aspect of our lives, right? So um, there's this military component to it, but also, you know, just in everyday life and civil society. Is that why you decided to participate in the hackathon or were there other reasons behind that? Uh, to be honest, I think our motivations to participate uh, were quite diverse within the team. We didn't get the the challenge prior, so we were kind of uh, oh, surprised. Wow. Yeah. Um, um, I come from a background where I study mostly um, cybersecurity. I focus a lot on cyber diplomacy. And so from reading the title of the entire hackathon, which was kind of future ideas for NATO 2030, I thought it would be much more into that direction. But mm -hmm. our idea, our question, our concept ended up being much broader. Whereas, I mean, you, Paulina, you had a really different motivation to participate, right? Um, yes. So to be honest, my motivation was a lot more random. <laughs> so, <laughs> We, we just like we received an email from um, the, the professor at our university uh, who was working together with NATO. Um, and it was just like, so the only thing I had to do to enter was reply, yes, I want. Okay. Um, and I was like, yeah, NATO, I, I never really had uh, touching points with defense politics before. It sounds really interesting. Sounds like a fresh, innovative thing, like a policy hackathon. This is this is a fun title, title isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like a little catched by that and was just like, okay, yeah, great. Let's let's do it. I mean, it's online university. What else to do than uh, <laughs> like, yeah, try to find creative solutions. Especially Definitely. It came at the right time, you yeah. could say, um, <laughs> yeah. because we were all in winter semester kind of burned out with uh, online courses. So it came at the right time, I would say. Yeah, that's true. But I'm, yeah, as um, as like pandemic projects and hobbies yeah. for people to take up go, this is a very specific one. <laughs> um, but yeah, that sounds great. So can you give us a, a brief outline of your winning idea and what your inspiration was, how, how you came up with it? Um, so the first very, very basic idea um, that everything evolved out of um, was basically the idea of a venture capital fund. Mm -hmm. um, which is not the most creative thing. And also this is like asking people for money is always a hard thing to do. <laughs> um, so we, we were trying to go beyond that and putting together all of our like different backgrounds, different interests that we had in the group, um, different knowledge that people brought to, to the table. We were really able to um, bring that into much more details. So our idea basically consists of four things. So one of them is the NATO Bright Minds community that you couldn't imagine like being being like a Facebook group um, where NATO is in and then also universities are in it. So students have access to the problem statements posted there. The proposals that are posted in the NATO Bright Minds community and then identified as promising uh, go into the NATO Integrated Accelerator, which is basically like an incubator for the startups um, where they are provided with funding and knowledge. Um, knowledge, especially through the NATO Outgoing Exchange Program, 
where we envision NATO to go to the startups and instead of expecting the startups to come to NATO. Um, then we have an annual field exercise where um, the startups can test their products directly on site with NATO personnel. The best solutions can then exit the cycle um, while where problems are identified, new problem statements can be designed and posted back into the NATO Bright Minds community. So there somehow the, the cycle closes um, and everything starts again. But as it is concurrent, um, a concurrent design system, everything is actually happening at the same time. So it's not like a step-by-step -step process, um, but it's all happening at the same time. And every actor can enter the cycle at any any stage also. That's very, very interesting stuff. Just a quote from your video that I found really interesting, um, where you said, they are not asked for the best way to build a bridge, but for the best way to cross the water. And that just really resonated with me because it see, it just implies this, you know, the spirit of innovation um, being not about trying to find, you know, the same way that we always do something, but just find efficiencies for it, uh, but to, you know, do some out of the box thinking. Um, and the thing that really stood out to me, if an idea kind of isn't ripe enough yet or hasn't been fully developed, it's not just dismissed, right? It kind of continues through the cycle until there's a natural exit point for it to be applied somewhere. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's just something that I found really fascinating um and, and you know relevant to innovation you could almost say we were trying to bring a startup thinking or new mm. types of businesses into nato as a prestigious and um, <laughs> well-established institution okay and do you think that's what made you stand out from the rest of the group did they what was the feedback that you received on on that i think what made us stand out is that we gave precise and very feasible ideas um mm -hmm. We had names for each stage. We were able to kind of uh, merge different groups into this project. Mm -hmm. um, and whilst it's definitely, you know, uh, future oriented and maybe idealistic to a certain point, uh, we were able to really narrow it down to um, the different stages. And I think that's what made mm -hmm. us stand out. Um, also, I would say uh, Paulina's um performance on the the pitch was just great um as well as our entire team with the video editing with the different with the with the pitch that we really had to narrow down i think um it was a well-rounded project yes <laughs> so you mentioned that you had a lot of people from different backgrounds in your group um how was it like working all together was there ever did you have a hard time agreeing on on some topics sometimes not trying to sugarcoat here but like teamwork and group work can really be give you a hard time um but i was genuinely surprised how well it worked yeah absolutely. um it was really like we were really adding on to each other yeah. um and it was really great yes and we, we 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 used a lot of fun kind of online tools that honestly i had never i'm i'm not into gaming or anything like mm -hmm. some of these tools are used in gaming and so for me this was a really like a very new world uh, <laughs> we used all of these different tools on kind of creating models and stuff like that kind of if you would have a whiteboard in your room and you would stick different posts on it oh. so um the kind of tools that were used during the hackathon as well to make it fun and exciting were actually really useful and fun to use um yeah that was one good thing that came out of this pandemic was uh, sure. finding new That's tools. That's true, yeah. <laughs> 
And one of the kind of exciting things to come out of this project is that you're going to be presenting um, your idea to the Brussels Forum during the summit. I just wanted to ask, I guess, a little bit more specifically, like what, uh, how you're preparing for the day itself of the presentation and, and, you know, what are you doing for that? For the summit itself, um, we will be part of a site event um, on innovation and disruptive technologies. Um, so how it will um, precisely turn out at the summit is actually not that different from um, how we did it at the hackathon. So we will be also uh, preparing a video in advance. Mm -hmm. um, and then two of us are invited to the German Marshall Fund in Berlin, um, who have a TV st studio um, where a live Q&A short interview um, will be recorded mm -hmm. um, to probably to kick off the side event um, and get participants really started in the in the topic. Um, we prepared through the last couple of months through exchange with NATO officials who helped us kind of bring uh, the uh, idea to reality um, without us kind of losing track of our idea and sticking to what we had in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, we tweaked the idea at points, uh, made it more realistic, you could say, um, also discussed a lot of questions that were still open, for example, the funding. So we had great help uh, from NATO side uh, with regards to that. We also exchanged with uh, the German ambassador to NATO uh, and had a lot of great diplomatic experience on that regard. And now with regards to the summit, uh, we have a small team kind of working on the pitch right now, tweaking it a little bit more um, uh, that we'll present. And of course, the rest of us will be there to um, cheer um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the people presenting. Cool. That sounds super exciting. Yes, I think so. Looking at the hackathon, um, NATO is already on the right track a little bit. It just can, can be more embraced. Um, within the structures more deeply. Um, and I think when, when it comes to solution finding, often people already have something in mind mm -hmm. um, where they're trying to go. And this can really broaden the opportunities and the way of thinking that comes out of those processes. Um, so trying to give people more of a free hand when it comes to solution finding um, mm. is something that can really enhance the final outcome of those post mm. processes. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just have one final one, um, maybe to wrap us up here, uh, which is kind of a, I don't know, it's not cheesy. It's kind of like a heartfelt question, which is just like, as young people, um, what does NATO mean to you? As a political scientist, it means um, interesting insights into uh, how international politics works and the challenges that we live in right now. Mm -hmm. um, as a European, uh, I think that it is right now an important um, and maybe necessary in the current situation security alliance mm -hmm. um, as a person, I think it's a sign of international cooperation that mm -hmm. needs uh, development, that needs kind of refurbishment and enhancement towards NATO 2030. May I too? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so coming to the hackathon kind of as a defense politics newbie, um, I'll be honest, I, the, the first connotation with NATO is always the, the Cold War situation. Um, and then 
war in general mm -hmm. um and this is not something that really picks me up as a young student but getting to know NATO closer through the hackathon and um getting more involved with the many things that are part of security policy um I really came to the conclusion for myself that NATO has a lot to deliver um for the current um age and I see NATO to be on a good way to actually adapt to the changing um, environment and uh, be fruitful and and good to have for the future as well. Cool. Well, yeah, I know it's a difficult question uh, to answer. <laughs> you know, it's a very big question. I wouldn't even know how to answer that question yeah, myself. We'll have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming in and telling us about your idea. And yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. And best of luck at the upcoming presentation. Thank you, thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to our NATO Summit podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode where we will continue to demystify everything about the NATO Summit. And a special thanks to all our colleagues at the NATO Studio for their help recording this podcast. Make sure to subscribe on your preferred platform so you don't miss any episodes in the future. Bye. Bye.